All right. Brenda, you don't have your walker. Free at last, free at last. So are you glad now you did it? You're getting it. You're getting it. I think so. Okay. I'm the town crier. <laughs> I've got a proclamation to make, I do. On behalf of the entire church, hear ye, hear ye, Christians, friends, and countrymen, lend me your ears for this proclamation. I came here to praise the pastors, not to bury them. Whereas our pastors, Alan and Kim Davis, have dedicated their lives to Christ and this church. Whereas they gave the unselfishly of their time, love, and attention to this group of fellow believers. Whereas they have been faithful to teach the word of the Lord to us. Therefore, be it resolved that this congregation of believers appreciates and proclaims special recognition during this Pastors Appreciation Month to honor, honor and acknowledge our pastors. So, with these gifts... Aww. That was good enough, I bet. <laughs> we love you. Appreciate you. Aww. 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 Did y'all find that outfit somewhere? I'm not telling. Got it in a storage locker. Oh, thank you. I love it. Oh, thank you, Ronnie. Y'all are so sweet. Thank you, Maranatha. Thank y'all. What a shocker. We need to, like, have a play, don't we? Don't y'all think we need to have a play or something? He's really good. Yeah, he needs to like be an actor. What could we do? Somebody needs to do a play. Not us. That's hilarious. Thank you. And as far as the actors go, I think we already have one, and that's enough. One, one ham in the uh, you know. That one, that ham, right? No, no Weldon. Yeah, Weldon. Y'all don't know Weldon's making movies. He's a real actor, though. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, he's gonna make a a movie like a what's his name, Cruise, Tom Cruise, and he's going. Pray about that if you want to help some way. Uh, let's pray for our leaders. Uh, all all the leaders in uh, Washington, they need our prayers, don't they? 
And you just watch the news every day and you can see, boy, these people need God bad. Amen. On every side. On every side. I'm not trying to be uh, one side or the other here. Uh, but uh, everybody needs prayer. And even here in Luling, uh, you know, right now in Luling, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm excited about there's going to be some tremendous growth here in Luling. A lot of things are coming to Luling. Uh, people are moving out of Austin because of the taxes are just so high up there. And so they're looking to go to Lockhart or south, even to Luling. Some people, some people like Luling. But they, we got this big truck stop that they're building right now across the street over there. And then we got another truck stop coming between us and the interstate right here next to us. They'll, they, uh, the city manager told me they plan to break ground after the first of the year uh, for right here. And this, this, uh, this truck stop will have two restaurants and then an inside you know, restaurant inside the convenience store area. But it's supposed to be a Travel America is what they've told me. So that'll be, that'll be good for this area. I mean, a lot, of, a lot more people will be out in this area. And we'll have a lot more traffic coming to church and stuff. And there might be a lot of people from those truck stops coming to church, too. I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, uh, Jack Carter, Rick's dad, years ago when we first moved out to this building, he had a vision that we would one day have a truck, a minister to truck, I mean, a ministry to truck drivers here. And I'm believing this is, this is coming to play right now. It's, it's going to happen. Amen. So uh, that'll be good. So you might have a ministry right here next door. Amen. And then we'll have a place to go eat right after church. We just go. Yeah. The other truck stop across the road over there that they've been hauling dirt to for about a month, they filled that thing up. They said they raised the, the, the ground level up nine feet of dirt that they've been hauling. And they're still hauling more in there and flattening it all out over there. But that's going to be a truck stop, mainly just a convenience store over there of some kind. But uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be pretty big. So that's a Texas Best, I think it's called, Texas Best. And they have one in New Braunfels over there right across from uh, H-E-B, the new H-E-B in New Braunfels. There's a Texas Best truck stop right across the street from it, and that's what this is going to be, the one over there. So a lot of things are happening that are positive. And I even heard this now. I don't know if it's true or not, but, but uh, the, the property where the Rockabye is, you know the Rockabye courts next to Pizza Hut? That old hotel's been there all those years. That finally sold. They sold that, and, they, and uh, they're selling the other the little car lot that that Gil owns. Y'all know. I don't know if y'all know Gil. They're selling that or not? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they're, they're they're supposed to put something in there, so we don't know exactly yet for sure what that's going to be. So. Yeah. Did you hear that? All right. I'm glad you heard it from you and not me. <laughs> just in case alright but that's good so let's pray let's pray for uh, things are happening man I think there are positive things are happening and so let's pray for our leaders and even those people in Luling uh, the, the people in the city council Father we lift up our president and those in Washington we ask you to bless them and uh, Lord help I pray that every one of those people that don't know you as their Lord and Savior would uh Come to know you in Jesus' name. However that, may, however that may come, Lord, lead someone to witness to them, to share with them the grace of God. And I ask you to just do that supernaturally in Washington. Give our president wisdom and those that surround him. We pray, Father, they would protect, pray protection over him. And we do as well right now. We pray protection over him wherever he travels, wherever he goes. 
in Jesus' name. And right here in, uh, in Texas, Lord, we thank you for our Luling City Council, the decisions that they're having to make, important decisions on the new growth that's coming. Uh, we just ask you to just bless them with wisdom and, and understanding uh, and make the right decisions for our community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's good. Good things are happening. Amen. All right. We're in part six of the new series that we started called um, Passionately Presenting God's Grace and Truth. I was so excited when we went to the minister's conference because uh, one of the several of the speakers, but one of the main speakers was was talking about this very subject that we're we're on right now, uh, presenting God's grace and truth. And uh, so I, I think we're on the right. I think we're on the right path right now of what God wants us to understand and know and learn in these days. And so that's just exciting to me. Uh, what I want to do here, I want us to put up a, put up our mission statement. This is our Maranatha mission statement that we have on our bulletins. And when we have these, we have these out there in the foyer uh, on the table over by Pam's office. You can pick one up. But it has uh, uh, about our church, the things about our church and things that we do. And uh, But the mission statement is right there on the front of it, and it reads there, we believe. And God gave me this when I started pastoring in 2000. God really helped me to write this and, and put it this way. It says, I believe that in order to change the world for the best, we must change the hearts of the people. And we pray for people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We don't want them to just know about God, but we want them to know Him personally. And we believe in teaching God's principles to live by, developing believers to Christ-like maturity and equipping them for their ministry in the church and in the world. Amen? So that's what, that's what this church is all about. That's our mission statement. That's what we, we want this church to be. And uh, I believe you all can agree with that. Amen? So, uh, so in, in my title, the, the message today, the title is, Right worldview equals right choices. If you have the right worldview, you'll have you'll make right choices in life. Hopefully, uh, you know some people have a right worldview, but they still make wrong choices because they're double-minded. And God wants us to become single-minded in our in our uh, goals in life and the things that we are believing for. Be single-minded about them. Amen? Because it says, Scripture says, a double-minded person won't receive a thing if he's double-minded. So we need to be purposeful in what we do and what we believe and what we say and how we live. We need to be purposeful. Amen? So God has commissioned us as believers, followers of Christ's teachings, to go and do exactly what this mission statement says. And if we, the church will, to the best of our abilities, in cooperation and partnership uh, with the Holy Spirit, always with the Holy Spirit, present the gospel, the good news, to the world in which we live in. Our worlds, all of our worlds in here are different. I mean, we live in this, we live in this community, but each one of us have a different world. The house you live in is different than my house. And everybody's different. Everybody's world is different. So when I... When I always say that, your world, that's what I'm talking about. Your sphere of influence. Amen? That's your world. And so, 
we will be pleasing to God and we will hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ if we fulfill the will of God for our, our lives in our world. Amen. Listen, church. Uh, uh, proper Christian belief, behavior hastens the coming of the day of the Lord. Did you know that? The more people that we can reach for Christ and get saved for Christ and begin and disciple them and live and they begin to live for Christ, the, the quicker Jesus is going to come back. How many of you know there are billions of people that still aren't saved that are in false religions and other, and other things and some of them not, no religion at all? You know, like John Lennon saying, he said, he, he was imagining the world with no religion at all. And he started that back in the 60s when he, made, when he sang that song. You know that song, Imagine? And they, I mean, in Hollywood, and everybody's glorifying this song. It's not a good song. It's not. It's, I like the tune. I like the music. But the words are not good. Because I can never imagine a world. Well, you could sit and think about it. But you, can you imagine a world with no God? Yeah. No religion? Woo! Be total chaos. Total chaos. No, no, uh, no police. No law. He's facing to get you. What's it? He's coming after you. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to warn you. That's part of my sermon message too. I'm warning people. But uh, look at, look at Second Peter three. We're going to look at this. Second Peter three, verse ten through twelve. It says this: But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Man. On the day of the Lord. The, the New Living Testament says, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Do we not have a purpose and a cause that compels us to take the message of the gospel to the world? I, I feel like it's urgent. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Somebody said yesterday, uh, 2023. But, but we don't know that. But we just continue to live our lives, not in fear, but in faith, believing that God wants us to do something. We're not just waiting around for the day of the Lord to come, selling all our property and just sitting around and waiting. Oh, no. He didn't tell us to do that. He told us to go and make disciples and reach all nations. We are gonna, I believe we're going to see the biggest revival we've ever seen come before, before Jesus comes. Amen. Listen, I know there are those who believe we're in the last days, but because of all the sin and the, and the corruption and the moral depravity we see around us today, all the signs of the end times, earthquakes, tsunamis, and all the other natural disasters that are happening around us, turmoil in the Middle East, they think it's all, it's all coming down. Uh, they're all going to come down to Israel, and then it's going to be the final battle and all that. And uh, listen, I'm not living in fear of any of that. And... Uh, we, you know, I have a friend in in uh, in uh, used to go to our church years ago, but uh, he's he sends me he sends me videos and things, and he tells me to watch them on the end times. And he said, "I'm not being a good pastor because I'm not warning you." 
about all this. He criticizes me for not doing it. He says, he loves me, but uh, he says, you need to be teaching this. You need to be doing this. He says, all this stuff. I don't even, I don't even look at it. Because I'm not, I'm not going to just fill my mind with all these things that are not going to happen to me. And they're not going to happen to you. Amen? And I'm teaching you some things that I believe God wants you to learn. Amen? So, uh, I believe just what Peter says here in 2 Peter 3.12, that, you know, place your faith in what Christ has already done for you and in the glory that is yet to come. His promises are great and precious, trustworthy, proven, and inspired by the Holy Spirit for the body of Christ. Let the hope of His coming affect the way you live each day so that when He appears, you'll be found living in, in godliness and faith. Amen. Amen. He says when He comes back, will He find faith? That's what He's looking for. He's he not going to come back and will He find fear? He didn't say that. Will He find faith? Amen. In, this, in 2 Peter 3.12, it says, looking forward, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Let's hurry it along. And by hurrying it along, we get people saved. That's our goal. That's what we're supposed to be about. Getting, leading people into the kingdom of God. Amen. God's not dead. That's why I sang that song. God's not dead. Amen. And His church isn't dead either. And, and all those people, you know, the, do you realize that the devil is behind all the negativity that's out there saying, oh, the church is declining. Oh, the church is declining. It's, it's not true. The church is growing. Worldwide, the church is growing. It's prospering. Amen. Now, there's some, there some denominations that are dwindling, that are, that are they're losing members, some denominational churches and stuff. And there's some other churches. If they're not, listen, if churches aren't preaching the grace message, they're dying. They're going down. And it's not anybody's fault but theirs. Because they're not being obedient to what God called us to preach. God called us to preach the gospel in the Bible. He tells Paul, go preach the gospel, the good news. And it's the gospel of grace. Amen. Amen. We will not be overcome by sin and corruption in the world, but we will overcome the world and all its evil in, in Christ's name. Amen. Listen, I'm not looking at the future I like this. I'm not looking at the future for gloom and doom. I'm bound for a heaven with many rooms. I'm not too good at that. Yeah, we got some music I could do that with. I'm not looking for a future. I'm not looking at the future for gloom and doom. I'm bound for a heaven with many rooms. Down with your bad there. I don't know what finger signs I'm doing, so if that, I'm not doing anything on purpose. <laughs> I don't know these gangster signs. I was three years old when I did that. I remember that. <laughs> but God's not willing that any should perish and go to hell, and neither should any of us. We should just be not willing that anybody in our families go to hell. How? How? Uh, Purpose are you in getting your family saved and your family members that you know are not living for God? Amen? Maybe they got a little bit of faith. Maybe they're still riding on the fence. You tell them 
It's bad to ride on the fence. You could rip your pants. Because I did. I did. I ripped my pants riding the fence one time. But, but, but it's bad. And, and, and you listen, you love them. How much do you love them that you will fight till the day you die to get them into the kingdom of God? Amen. You'll do whatever it takes. Come on, people. We've got family members in here. Listen, if every one of you in this room right now could get your family members that aren't saved in this room right now too, wouldn't, wouldn't you be blessed? Wouldn't the church be blessed? Wouldn't God be blessed? Think about that. So, so work harder on it. Work harder on it. Amen? Sick the Holy Spirit on them. He'll do the work. He'll do it. Don't close, don't close your communication lines. Keep communication over. Don't throw up a wall and say, oh, I just give up on them. Don't give up on nobody. Jesus didn't give up on you. Don't give up on people. Love people. He gave us one command. I shared it in the funeral yesterday. He gave us a new commandment. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. I'm 65, but I'm not done. Amen. I'm just I'm still rare. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. As John Hagee would say, give him all praise and glory. What we what we all need is a heart change. A heart change. And what what your family members need is a heart change. So that's why the Lord put that on me about our mission statement, to change the hearts of people. We're not just going to get people saved and let them go live like they want to. We're going to change their hearts. God's going to do it. We're not. He we just teach. We just teach the Word. Amen. I need a heart change. You need a heart change. We've, we've all needed that. Amen. We were all born with a heart defect. Every one of us in this room were born with a heart defect. And it wasn't, anybody's, it wasn't anybody's fault. It wasn't your fault. It goes all the way back to Adam when he fell. We inherited all that. But thank God Jesus came and changed everything. He changed everything for us. Amen. He took all the blame, took all the shame, and he gave us his name. Took all the blame. Gave us his name. Changed everything. For everyone. Amen. Christ died so that we can live and we can never die again. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all ever think about that? I, I shared yesterday at the, at the memorial for, for uh, Paul that how, how beautiful it's going to be in heaven. It's gonna, we can't even imagine. We can read all that in, in Revelation 21. You can read all of it, what it's going to look like and everything. And I, can, I said, Paul's looking at all that and he's just going... We don't have a clue what it's going to be like, but it's going to be beautiful and glorious. Amen. Amen. Jesus rose so we can rise too. Amen. So we may have truly been born uh, with a terrible heart condition, but listen, we can be born again. Amen. Amen. Some, some of your relatives may tell you, oh, I was just born this way. It's just the way I am. Well, you can be born again, tell them. Right. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in John 3, 1 through 6, He said, uh, 1 through 6, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was Pharisee. 
After dark one evening, he came to uh, speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That was kind of dumb, wasn't it? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Amen. Amen. When someone is born again, born of the Spirit, here's what happens. Righteousness draws you in and sin repels you. You'll be led by the Holy Spirit in life as you yield to His leadership and His guidance. I don't know if we always get that. But if we'll, if we'll yield to righteousness and to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, He'll lead us into more righteousness. When you yield to the flesh, when you yield to your selfish desires, well, that's what you're going to get. Amen. More and more darkness. We who are born again, born of the Spirit, may look like everyone else in the world, but we can't, uh, we can't be figured out by them. They said, what, what is it that's different about these people? I know there's people come here when they're not saved and they look around and they thought, these people are just crazy. How can they worship like this? How can they do all this? And they can't figure us out. But it's a spirit life. Our walk and our talk seems to be normal, but we're guided differently because we allow the Spirit to lead us, not our flesh. We're not led by our flesh. The world is guided by their own intellect and their own natural knowledge and uh, knowledge that they've learned from man's ideas. But we are guided by the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's the one that opens up the Scripture to us and allows us to see things we could never see before. Amen. We should always be, but sometimes we yield to our flesh, and, and flesh is natural and subject to less than God's bless, God's best. The flesh. And some of those, some people, we got some people living lifestyles that they think uh, that's just the way God led me. No, God doesn't make a mistake. God's got a better life than that. Amen? So a heart that seeks after God always causes the Holy Spirit to lead you in your decision-making in life. And your decisions will always honor God when you're being led by the Spirit. They will honor God. We are very capable, even me as a pastor, I'm very capable of making mistakes. Uh, they said, uh, somebody shared up there at the minister's conference, uh, one time Kenneth Hagin made a mistake. He, he, he told people to do something in the ministry they wanted to do some kind of new ministry or something. And he told them, yes, I, I think this is God. And they did it, and it just failed miserably. They, they lost a lot of money in, the, in that ministry. And uh, he came back and he admitted. He said, you know, I was wrong. Hey, listen, nobody's too big to say I'm wrong. We can all make mistakes. And for Kenneth, for Kenneth Hagin to, to admit that he made a mistake could have cost him dearly in that ministry because people just would lose Faith in Him then. Well, well, if He's wrong then, He could be wrong again. Well, He could. And anybody could. <laughs> We're not perfect. 
We're men. We're men and women of this world. We're not perfect. But listen, when you've, when you've done something wrong, you can admit it and go on. Pick up and go on. Amen. Amen. But listen, if you'll hunger after God and the purposes that He has for your life, you will be blessed. Amen. Good things will happen for you. The favor of God will be evident in your life. Psalm 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. I mean, the Bible is full of promises for us. Uh, George Jones wrote a song years ago, and I, I remember we played this song at Carla's father's funeral. Choices. You remember that, Carla? And... Uh, they wanted that song played, and it's very. I want to read you a few script, a few uh, lyrics from that song, not scriptures. But uh, listen to this. It says, "I've had." It's a song, and some of you may know it. It's called Choices. He says, "I've had choices since the day I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong. If I had listened, no, I wouldn't be here today, living and dying with the choices I've made. I was tempted by an early age. I found." I like drinking, oh, and I never turned it down. There were loved ones, but I turned them all away. Now I'm living and dying with the choices I've made. So I've had choices since the day I was born. Oh, I did that one already. I guess I'm paying for the things that I've done. If I go back, oh, Lord knows I'd run. But I'm still losing this game of life I play, losing and dying with the choices I've made. George Jones was absolutely right. And uh, if y'all ever liked his singing, he stopped loving her. Dang. <laughs> y'all remember? Place the wreath on the grave. Soon they'll carry him away. <laughs> he stopped loving her. Dang. Hey, he got saved. Yeah. Maybe that's when he wrote that song. He got saved after that. This tape goes nowhere. This tape goes nowhere. I don't know what makes me do the things I do sometimes. And after I do them, I say, why did you do that? And that's what my son tells me too every time. Why did you do that, Dad? <laughs> you wait. You'll be doing it too, and Andrew will be telling you. Why did you do that? <laughs> Amen. But people all over this world are living and dying with the choices they've made. Can anybody raise a hand? I mean, most of you, I would say, are, are where you are today because of the choices you've made. And that could be good or it could be bad. Yeah, and the things you said, you know, I heard a guy was working for us the other day uh, out in the country, and he said, he said, man, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have took better care of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you would. But you can start right now. Everybody in this room can start right now. And everything can change today. It's your choice. It's your choice. Jesus himself said to his father, not my will, but yours be done. 
You know, I can remember making a vow to God. Years ago, I smoked. Y'all can't believe that, can you? Years ago, I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. Can you believe that? My grandfather said there's a fire on one end and a fool on the other. And I heard him saying that, and I just lit up another one. And it, and it was terrible, wasn't it, Kim? She hated it. I hated it, too. But I couldn't quit. I couldn't. On my own, I couldn't quit. So I made a vow to God. I said, Lord, if you'll help me quit, I'll, I'll serve you and I'll, I'll follow you. And look what he did. Put me in the ministry. Put my cigarettes out and put me in the ministry. Amen. I quit drinking. I quit drinking alcohol and quit smoking all about the same time. And it, it, it took me a little longer to quit the smoking. I did. I kind of snuck around a while. Anybody ever sneak around and do that? I did that. But I had people praying for me. I had, you know, people in the church. I can remember going to church the first few times. I went to church down in, when we were going to Gonzales. I had a pack of cigarettes in my pocket right here. Some of y'all putting it up now. <laughs> but cigarette smoking, don't, it don't make you go to hell. Make you smell like you've been visiting there. But don't send you to hell. And drinking don't either. But, but getting drunk is a sin. And hurting your, your temple of the Holy Spirit is a sin. So take care of yourself. God's got stuff for you to do. Look at somebody next to you and say, God's got stuff for you to do. And if you can't breathe and you can't walk, you can't do it. Amen. Hold me. We are called to walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen. If you're a Christian, you need to declare your dependence upon God because without Him, we are in deep, dark trouble. We need God. We need God. With His Holy Spirit guiding us in this life on earth, we'll make the right choices. We'll make the right decisions every time. Amen. And we will experience the blessings of the Lord in our lives as a result. And it's just... It's just a blessing living for the Lord. Amen. It's not, I'm not going to say it's always perfect. It's not always perfect. There, there are potholes in life, even for a Christian. But we get up. We get up. We don't, we don't fall off into the hole and bury ourselves. We get up. And we don't get up and say, oh, woe is me. We say, oh, praise you, Lord. You lifted me up again. Keep coming. When you fall, you fall in His arms. Amen. Amen. Listen, people every day either brag or blame who they are in life by claiming that they were born that way. You know, it was I just born that way. And but the wonderful truth is that they can be born again, again. Now, and I don't say that in a haughty way. I'm not trying to be funny about it, but I, I sincerely, I sincerely mean that. And uh, the only reason I ever tell people I smoked is because. If I quit, you can. I want you to know that. I quit, you can. I mean, I quit a pack of cigarette a day habit just like that one day. I said, I just, I ain't going to buy no more. And I just didn't. And about a week, it took me about, I guess about a week. I'm going to just tell you this truth so you can, you can do it for yourself. In about a week, I was gone. My craving was gone. God can do that if you can do that. He said he'll do it, and I just I, I, I made a promise to him if you do, if you would help me quit, then I'll I'll serve you, and I did. I mean you hear you hear people testify to that, but I actually did that. I did, 
And it took me a while, but I did it. He helped me. And uh, God is good. Amen. Yeah. Jesus told us to go and tell everyone you meet. That's Matthew 28. Look at this. Put this up. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. This, this life that we're living for God. Go tell everybody about it. You know, you may not know how to preach. You may not can get up here and be a, a pastor or, or preach a sermon or somebody ask you to do that. But you can tell people about your life and how it's changed. That's the thing you can all do. We can all do that. Share what God has done in your life. That tells a, a, a great story too. Amen. So, and, and the thing is, God didn't say, He didn't tell you to go stay silent, stay in the church, don't talk about God in public, and whatever you do, don't ever mention my name in the closing of a prayer. He never said that. That's why I don't like a prayer that doesn't ever end in Jesus' name. Because it's just a prayer blown out there somewhere. Who, who, who closed that? <laughs> in Jesus' name. I mean, they asked, uh, I remember uh, Samuel Rodriguez. Anybody know Samuel Rodriguez? He, he was invited to pray in Washington, D.C. at this big, huge gathering. And this one lady got up, and she was from, a, she was from some kind of spiritual uh, false religion thing. She got up. They got, when he got there, they thought he, he thought he was just coming to pray at this big event. But when he got there, he, the guy came to him and said, so, uh, By the way, brother, brother Samuel, we got some other people going to pray. Uh, would you want to go first or last? He said, oh, I'll go last. <laughs> he said, I'll go last. Some of you know this story. And this woman got up this, oh, Lord. She got up there to pray and she said, thank you for the trees and for the water and the rain and the beautiful things. Thank you. And then another guy, he was a Hindu or something else, got up and prayed and prayed. And then when Samuel came up at the end, he got up and said, In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, <laughs> the name above every other God. He just said it all right there on that, in that Washington Mall where it was. And I was like, oh, he, just, he just brought the house down. He was bold. We need to be bold about our faith. Amen. Amen. Christian is who I am. Christian is who I am. And that's who we are. And we need to be proud of it. We don't, we don't need to be shameful of it. We need to be proud. Amen. And not haughty. I'm not saying to be haughty in a place. But don't just stand back and let people run over you. No, no, no. A Christian worldview is what I have. And I, if I'm a Christian, I, I, a Christian worldview is what I must have. It's what I must have. We can't separate Christianity from current affairs or moral or social issues or political views. We just can't. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, this, this argument about abortion and, and, and uh, alternate lifestyles and all this, it's not a, poli- a political thing. That's a, that's a biblical thing. That guy preached a sermon. It's called B.C. or P.C. Bible, Bible correction or political correction. Well, I'm a Christian, so it's Bible correction to me. Amen? And it's not about politics. It's not about politics. It's about morality. And what standard do we live by? Who, where's our default? Here it is, right here. It's what we go back to, the Word of God. Amen? We're not trying to be haughty. That's just who we are. Father God loves mankind so much that He sent His only Son to be the supreme sacrifice 
for the entire human race. And that, that was powerful, man. That was truly powerful. Can you think about that? And now He's called each one of us as Christians to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Love God. Love your neighbors as yourself. Uh, Leviticus 19, 6 and 7, the, the Message Bible says it like this. Don't just stand by when your neighbor's life is in danger. I am God, he says. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. If you have something against him, get it out into the open. Otherwise, you're an accomplice in his guilt. This passage in Leviticus says that loving your neighbor can mean letting them know when they are wrong. By not allowing them, by not allowing them to live in sin ignorantly. I know we got people. We probably got people in our families who are living the way they are ignorantly because they don't know the truth. Yeah, and it's sad. And 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 we want to we want to do something about it. I don't want to just stand there and watch them die and rot and go to hell. I don't want to see that. Amen. Keeping silent while the world around you revels in sin isn't loving your neighbor. It's esteeming yourself above your neighbor. See, see that, that, that right there refutes the attitude of well, whatever, whatever they want to do as long as they don't bother me. See, and that's what, a, that's what many people in America are doing today. Well, if that's what they want to do, just let them. Alan, what's wrong with that? I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, Alan, what's wrong? If that's what they want to do, let them do it. No, I don't want to let them. Because I've not been called to just ignore that. I've been called to witness to that. I've been called to help that. I've been called to bring Christ into that. I've been called to open blinded eyes. I've been called to help. So in love, in the spirit of love, telling your neighbor when they're wrong isn't hate speech. See, they're calling us hate speech. They're calling me preaching this message right here this morning, hate speech. I love people. I love everybody. I don't care what they're doing. I love them. God loves them. So I must. And I think, you know, and I've told you this before, many of the churches won't do that. They won't show that kind of love. But Maranatha shows that love. And we will. We will always show that love. It's just, look, I was, I was living in sin myself. And God set me free. He, he began to teach me truth. And I've been delivered. Kim was too. She, oh, she cussed like a sailor. Amen. But it's truth. Truth. It's truth that can... Deliver them and set them free. And if you love them, you will tell them the truth. In love and in grace. So many in our world today honestly don't know what the Word of God says about so many of the moral, social, and political issues in today's society. So we must tell them. Who's going to tell them if you don't? And that's the way I always see myself praying. Sometimes when I feel the Lord telling me to pray, maybe I'm the only one that's going to listen to Him today. I don't think I am, but maybe I am. So I take that attitude that I might be the only one that God gets to pray that prayer right now for somebody. And I pray. I don't put it off. And we all need to think like that. We all need to see that maybe God's got me here to tell them. Maybe I should tell them. Maybe I can tell them. 
Maybe there's a way that gracefully I can reach them. Always remember that too. Season your words with grace. Amen. So we must tell them. We must bring the message of God's unconditional love to them. We must let them know that God has forgiven them and minister love to them. God isn't against sinners. He's not against sinners. But He is against sin. And against the pain that it causes people. And destruction in people's lives. He's against all that. He is. It's not hate speech, people. God loves everybody. He wants everybody whole. He wants everybody healed. You hearing anything today? So here's the challenge. I want, I want to tell you a story. My dad, we were hunting. We were hunting deer years ago. Some of you have heard this story maybe. And uh, we were riding. My brother and I were in the back of the pickup with, the, with our rifles in the hunting. And my dad was driving the truck. Went through a creek. Went through a creek. A lot of water in there in the creek. And, and then when we come up to the, the camp house where, we were, where our camp house was, well, the road just goes right straight to the house and you park. Well, after we went through that creek, back then, you know, the brakes, I don't know if it's still like that today, but the brakes went out on the truck. Well, we didn't know that. Me and my brother standing up in the back of the truck, and the brakes were going out, and we're heading right to the camp house, and my dad just saw He sees he can't stop, so he just turns the wheel. Me and my brother fly right out of the pickup. We just flew out, and we rolled around the ground with our guns in our hands, and we didn't, we didn't get hurt. I mean, I probably got skinned up a little bit. I don't remember. But we didn't get hurt. Nothing broke. Nothing shot. But we flew, literally flew right out of the pickup. And I, I told my dad, what in the world did you do that for? He said, well, the brakes, the brakes wouldn't stop, and I couldn't run into the house. So throw your kids out. We would have probably got worse if we'd have hit the house. So here's my here's my point. If he would have told us, y'all sit down, sit down. If he would have warned us, if he would have warned us what was coming, we could have we could have grabbed something. We could have done something else. We could have braced ourselves. But we had no warning. Man, we stand up there. We flew out. I mean, flew literally out. Yeah. I'll never forget it. I was about, I was about 15, I think, at the time. And, uh, but, I, but my point was, if we would have had a warning, and, and it, I feel the same way for these people that are hurting and living a sinful life, and God loves them. God loves them. And God doesn't hate, he doesn't hate sinners. He hates sin and what it does to people's lives. And I do too. I want to see people delivered and set free. Nobody wants to. You know, if they just knew what it was doing to their bodies and what it's doing to their lives and where ultimately they'll end up. Did y'all Did y'all see? It's 12 o'clock. Did y'all see the Ron Reagan commercial at the end of the Democratic debate the other night? There's nothing, I'm not saying it's democratic, but he came on. I mean, there was a commercial at the end of that debate. Ron Reagan is Ronald Reagan's son, who is an atheist. And been an atheist, a lifetime atheist. He comes on and does a commercial for 
the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Freedom From Religion Foundation. And at the end of it, he just mockingly said, Oh, and by the way, I'm not afraid of dying and burning in hell. Just mocking. You just saw it. You, I could see the devil in his eyes, the way he was just mocking Christians. But they, they put this commercial on at the end of that debate that night. That was the first thing popped up after the debate was over. A commercial for Freedom From Religion Foundation. And he doesn't know. And I immediately had compassion for that guy. So, oh, your daddy loved you. And your God loves you. And he doesn't want to see you burn in hell. I hope somebody reaches him before his day. And you, listen people, you're the same way about your family members. You love them. God doesn't want anybody to die and burn in hell. He doesn't want anybody going to hell. So it's up to us. What, what are, we, are we just going to sit around and watch them? Are we just going to let the, uh, the PC people tell us to be quiet, leave them alone, you're going to hurt their feelings? No. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to preach more. I'm going I'm to be even more undignified, boldly. Amen? I'm not going to be haughty about it. I'm going to be loving about it. I'm going to be full of grace about it. But people need help, and they need the church to stand up, not shut up today. Amen? Let's quit. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for the Word of God. It's the power of God that sets men free and sets the people that are in, in sin, sets them free and delivers them, puts them on the right track. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for for filling us all here today to, to lead us into more boldness, to help us to not walk in fear of who we are as Christians. And I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Fill everybody with boldness today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Wow, did anybody watch the World Series? I mean, not the World Series, but, but the Astros win. Woo! <laughs> I was so glad, man. Ooh, I couldn't believe it. When that... When that guy hit that first home run in that in the top of the ninth, I thought, "Oh man, you know." And then, and Altuve came through it.